You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel's Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Oh, um, yeah, hello. Oh, did I, did I disturb you, Sean? Were you deep in thought over there? I was just cutting and pasting. Um, you mean like crafts? Is that you're doing some craft work over there? <laughs> some paper mache? Yeah. Uh, no. You, Halloween's over, you know. Is you working on a spider, a paper mache spider over there, or jack o' lantern? Oh, I was trying to figure out why you went with spider. Um, I thought it was maybe like a like a spooky spider. Well, everything's spooky in yeah, Halloween season. But all every spider is spooky to me. Well, that's that's true. They are they are frightening. I, I went to a Halloween party this weekend with Katie. Oh, good for you! Thanks for the call. You bet. Uh, it was, uh, we were invited to a neighborhood bash that Katie's actually been wanting to go to for years, and she was excited to be invited. Oh, that's cool. Did, yeah. So so you had to make the list. How'd you make the list? I don't know. And did Katie plan? Did you guys have to go get, like, fancy costumes and coordinate and all yes. of the business? Yes. We made our costumes. We did a little cutting and pasting ourselves. So how much lead time? When a did, day. How, so one day, well, the the invite was long. We knew we were going to this party for a while, but we, we scrambled at the end. Anyway. We scrambled at the end. We decided. Did you do? Did you do uh, costumes that like complement each other? You know, like back in the day when your friends went as Bush and Gore. Yeah, we but like, not those yeah, we, people, but just like li- the figurative. Right. We have been uh, a Bush and <laughs> and something some Gore. Gory. Yeah. Um, we have gone as a tooth and the tooth fairy in the past. That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. This year we just went as the same thing. We went as a couple of deviled eggs. So we like, we, we made, we cut out little like egg whites to go around our faces out of foam. So the egg, the egg was just your head though. The egg was our, our head. So it wasn't a full body thing. It was not a full body thing. We just dressed up as devils from the neck down. And oh, did we dress up as oh, devils? Oh, so it was red. You red devil. Your is punny. You did a punny costume. We did a punny costume. Um, I have a sweet jacket that Wes bought for our gig at the Hexagon. I don't mm. know if you remember it. It's got kind of this uh, red base. Wes is our former singer or current singer or singer at if different we ever, points in our lives. If we were lives. ever to actually play anywhere again. Right. So, but it's kind of like deep red based, and then it has like this black. It almost looks like silhouette-y, like flowery stuff on top. It was okay. cool. I, f- I felt cool as a devil in that jacket. It made you feel devilly. It did. Did you wear it that for that gig? I did. Yep. Okay. I don't remember. Well, as usual, I was probably like not fully with it. <laughs> 
I'll uh, I'll find a picture. You okay. Can check it out. All right. So no no Halloween cost or no Halloween parties uh, for you. I went I went as a the father of a kid freaking out about his college application. That's what I went as. <laughs> that sounds so much fun. Like yeah, just, so much just fun. a blast. So much fun. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Hopefully we had <laughs> enough fun for both of us. Yeah. No, I mean it would have been nice if I'd gotten the invite, but I didn't. We it wasn't it wasn't up to us to invite people, Sean. We were bar- we barely made the cut as it was. We show up with friends. We're out next year for sure. That's for sure. Except for if it was me, then they'd be like, well, we should have invited this guy earlier. He's, <laughs> Maybe this guy's so. so much fun. All right. Anyway. We are recording at uh seven twenty central time. So this is uh on what four day? on on November first. This is four hours past the trade deadline so right which means this will probably get posted like (laughs) next monday oh no i'll be lickety split just like last week (laughs) right (laughs) sorry about the late posting everybody there's a lot of editing that 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 is involved with bringing bjorn in (laughs) bless his heart yeah yeah uh so anyway, we are. You can hear some of that editing, by the way, at the, at the end of that episode. Yeah, make sure you listen through to the end. It's it's a uh, it's a good time if you haven't and already that's just, listened. And that's go just, back. And that's just scratching the surface. <laughs> um, yeah, we're talking about uh, some of these trades that have gone down. Over, oh yeah, I think I think we have one that's maybe a couple weeks old, but most of them are and, hot and off am, the press. And am I hearing that you're going to say one of them is the key trade? Nope, just taking stuff out of my pockets because I'm fat and like <laughs> the, everything starts pressing into my legs when mm. we when I sit down. It's so. tough. I can't imagine you going through all that. All right. Well, here we go, Sean. Uh, I just just kind of a, a side. Should, you know, we, not should a, we start with the big trade? I was going to say this isn't a real big one, but Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, uh, that's go, a big one. Going to San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, so. Here's his contract situation. He has three more years left on his contract, no dead cap, and so he can be cut at any time, you're saying, Sean? Yeah. I mean, he won't be. I know. But that's like <laughs> but kind the, of remarkable the, that his it is, contract well, he's already, is structured his, that his, way. His signing bonus is paid by Carolina, I think, is the deal. So going oh. forward. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, they they got to pay him $12 million a year, and I think they're looking at this as... Worth it, right? Right. And they're, they they're and they gave up a Super Bowl contenders. A second, a third, and a fourth, and a fifth and twenty four. So they give up a lot. So this the second, is like third, the, second, third, and fourth are for next year. Yeah, this is almost like the Mike Mike Dicka for uh, uh, Ricky Ricky uh, Waters. No, Ricky Williams. Or Will, Ricky Williams. Hey, Ricky Williams. Remember, he gave up his entire draft class for for that. Pick. Picks one through seven. Where was it? Seven had, rounds back then. Uh, but whatever it was, he gave them all. He up. gave them all up, and uh, and uh, you know, Ricky was pretty good. I mean, he did most of his damage, I think, in like not in New Orleans, so probably not ultimately the best deal. But like you know, whatever. This is a lot to give up for one running back for sure. But if they go on to win a Super Bowl, they'll they'll say it was all worth it. Yep, I think this is this is the, their play at going for it. We, we we talked a little bit about moves you might make if you're trying to go for it. This is certainly a move that they're making to go for it. Um, so what do you think the effects on McCaffrey are in the move? Good, bad? I think it's good for him, ultimately. I think that's conventional wisdom. I was a little... Um, I wasn't 
super in love with it. Uh, ultimately, he's going to get it. For him? Yeah, simply because he was the entire offense in Carolina and there's more things going on. But it's also it's like a smaller share of a larger pie kind of a situation. It, he's going to get a lot more touchdown opportunity. Um, I think he's a, uh, in the short term, it's a boost. I think his value is going to get a boost. If you're not contending, it, it I think it opens up a window to move him because people are going to be pretty excited about him. Um, do you think you you would move him though if you're not contending? Because I mean, he is what 26. Yeah, I mean that's but, the thing for me is he's a 26 year old running back who has shown some propensity to be injured, and San Francisco has shown a propensity to injure running backs. So you're worried about him staying on the field? I'm just thinking if you're thinking consistent. If you're not, if you're in the mix, no, I think you're fine. You're you're trusting him, and you're going to continue to trust him. I think that's just fine. If you're sitting there and you're what one in six or something like that, uh, I would consider doing exactly what the Panthers did, um, because I think. But I think you you need you get you need to get a ransom, like you need to get a haul for for him, just uh, just like Carolina did. That's 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 the model I would follow. And do you think this pushes San Francisco over the top? Do you think? I mean, are you asking me to? I, I remember I said before the season that they were my my like brain pick for the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Is it even more? Are you just confirming? Well, but that now, the thing that I did ultimately settle on was Bills Vikings Super Bowl. One of them has to win, <laughs> and the Vikings are six and one, right? So. I, I, does this... Oh, you, 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 you maybe made some good predictions for the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> maybe maybe I should have put some money on it, right? <laughs> maybe you should. It's uh, not too late, Sean. It probably is. Probably, at this you point, won't get the odds. You won't get the odds. Um, so uh, I, I think that I, just, I think they're going to be good. I think as long as he stays healthy, they're going to be good. And by the way, if he doesn't stay healthy, they have a, a, Elijah Mitchell's coming back. So I think San Francisco is set. At that position, so does this hurt anybody on San Francisco? Do you think? Well, long term or short? I mean, Elijah Mitchell. I would say in in the, it, yeah, like. I think it kills Elijah in, Mitchell in the short. Ter- I guess both, like short term and long. Tyrion Davis Price dead. Okay. Um, I think. I think overall it hurts Debo's value a little bit, simply because I think there's no reason to utilize him as a running back. As a as a running back who can catch passes out of the backfield because that's what CMC is and they like players who lots of players who can do kind of those things but he's going to be utilized more as a receiver and as a receiver he's he's okay he's good but he's not great his the th- and so I just think you're going to take some of what he does away from him um, the offense will be more effective I do think that that will help Ayuk a little bit. Um, I think he'll be in single coverage more, and I think that that is a good thing for him. So relative to before the trade, I would say it bumps Ayuk up a bit and bumps Debo down a little bit. Okay. But I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I I probably would I would agree with you. I mean, obviously it impacts the, the running backs there negatively, and I have Ayuk on my team, and I guess I'm feeling good about him, better about him than I was earlier in the year. 
because um, I, I do think he's more of that traditional wide receiver versus Debo, and they just don't need to use Debo in the same way that they have been. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. In terms of Carolina, I like this for them. I mean, they were going nowhere. He's a 26-year-old running back. They got that ransom. Like, yeah. this, is a, this is a nice move to start rebuilding that franchise. Yeah, and that's and I think you know they've got two ways they can go. They they got a whole collection of draft picks, and they can take they can use a second or third rounder on one of this uh, running back out of this deep class coming in, and they're going to they're going to be getting a pretty good player in theory. Um, and still have all those other picks, right? So it still ends up maybe being a plus. They're probably not going to get Christian McCaffrey, but they is it for rebuilding team. It's just you know they can they can they can fill a lot of holes. They can fill a lot of holes. They got they got a lot of shots. But at this, uh, they can also just choose to. They've got so many holes that they need to fill that they could just roll with Chuba and or uh, Dante Foreman um, as well. Um, I don't think I'm not really in love with either one of those players as as a long term solution, but um, but at the same time, you know, Miami was in need of a running back for years, and they never used the draft to to in a serious way to to fill that. And you know, Carolina can just choose to do that as well. They can just say, well, we, we're devaluing the running back position, and so. Or get maybe like we do in fantasy, get the rest of the team looking good, and then go draft your running back. Right. If yeah. you haven't already hit with like a late round draft pick or Foreman or or Hubbard emerging is a legitimate player, like they can give it some time because they're not going anywhere next year. Right. Like they've got big problems. They've they've tried to fix the quarterback position for ever and have just like failed miserably again and again and again and again. So this might be with all with all that draft capital, like I would expect them to go hard after a quarterback in the draft. Um, and if one's not going to fall to them wherever they finish, that they can move some other parts for that for that piece. Sure, yeah, that there's makes some sense. good quarterbacks coming out too, right? So yep. anyway, all right, let's stick around in Carolina for a little bit, Sean. Sort of, not like Robbie Anderson did, but <laughs> we'll move <laughs> right. move on from Carolina uh, to. Arizona, where Robbie Anderson landed. Uh, this was the trade that happened a couple couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. Like um, mi- mid-October. He went for a, a 24-6th and a 25-7th. This would, this would be illegal under the Tim Kennedy Protection Act, Yeah, this by the way. is really it's out way in the future. Out, it's late picks, way out in the future. It's an odd move, I think, in some ways, because there's no long-term future for Robbie Anderson in Arizona. At least I don't think there is. Uh-uh. So they're paying for this one, not now, but in the future. Um, he's, he's almost 30 already. He's almost 30. He had a falling out um, in Carolina with the staff there. The coach that was kind of his, the guy who was in his corner uh, got, got canned. And so he uh, he didn't have a whole lot of options. I, I, to me, I'll just jump right into it. Yeah. Um, he went from being an occasional playmaker who had been underwhelming, I think, this year to I just don't see any value in in Arizona. He's that offense is all basically D Hop and and Ertz and and if healthy Hollywood and yeah, Ron, Rondale's picking up a little bit of that slack right now, but yeah, but not really. Like I'm not 
Like Rondale, he's like, not picking up the slack. He got that, that Robbie t- would be. Yeah, he up. got that touchdown against the Vikings. And the thing I found was interesting about it because someone commented to me on Twitter about it because I had kind of crapped on Rondale. The thing is, the Vikings uh, linebackers were trying to tackle him, like weren't trying to even tackle him. They were just going for the ball because they didn't really. Con- I just don't think they saw him as a serious threat. Maybe they underestimated him, but like he, he reason why he breaks this tackle is because. Uh, Kendricks doesn't even try to tackle him. So, like, to me, that's a this is an aside, but I'm Rondale, uh, not You're a still thing. out, still 100% yeah. out. This is this is solely because Marquise Brown is not on the field right now. Yep, and I think and I think Robbie Anderson helps solve that problem. I, I, he's a budget Hollywood Brown, I guess. Um, so I don't really see this as good for him at all i don't see ha- has any effects in arizona because the team is all basically d-hop hollywood and Ertz. the thing that i do think is a little interesting is it makes like the carolina on the flip side has created a spot for terrace marshall mm. who has been absolutely horrible but he actually had a decent game this last week and yeah. they were tried to throw him the ball in the end zone he caught one couldn't get his feet in bounds I- i'm not really in on terrace marshall but he it's had, at least a, it's a, at least a glimmer of hope if you drafted Terrace Marshall. It's it's a, it's it's the kind of glimmer that like if you drafted Jalen Rager, you never got. <laughs> you at he, least have this. Well, maybe he had like eighty some yards, I yeah. think, this week, which yeah. is probably ten times and like more. six catches. I think he had like six catches. So like, yeah. they were really trying to like say, hey, we're the new Carolina Panthers, and we don't have any talent, but. <laughs> <laughs> what we have, we're going to put on display. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, they, I, I think he was a second round NFL pick. Yeah. You, you, at some point, you at least got to kick those tires hard, and, right? And I and I liked him coming in. Yeah. Like I didn't. <clears throat> I don't know if that was my. That was probably one of my less successful scouting years. I think I I, I liked him. You know, I also like Trey Sermon, right? So there's a lot. There's it's a lot of problems it's an that inexact year. Science. It's an exact science. Inexact um, science. DJ Moore has been uh, pretty much on fire ever since you crapped on him a couple weeks ago. Yep. And I'm taking credit for that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. You can thank me, thieves, if you have DJ Moore. <laughs> uh, but, think- I, but I think that that's another thing. Like, if, you're, if your choice for Robbie is replacing Robbie Anderson is Terrace Marshall, you might just throw to DJ Moore a lot more. Sure. Do you think that this is kind of an aside, nothing really to do with the trade so much, but do you think that's because of the quarterback change that DJ Moore is being more successful? Or I, I think that there is almost always a, an element to that. You want your quarterback to throw to a particular thing. I mean, that's what Elijah Moore, talking about Moore, is, is, is this, we're, we're on our third Moore of the, of, the, of the podcast. But, I mean, he's basically saying, Zach Wilson doesn't look at me. Yeah. You know, and, uh, um, you know, he doesn't. So, uh, Joe Flacco did. So is this, so I would rather have the quarterback, uh, who is, who's throwing the ball to my receiver and that's what's happening right now in Carolina. So, um, I think that that is a, a certainly a positive sign. All right. All right. Let's move on to James Robinson. Traded to New York after Brees Hall went down, New York Jets. He is just barely 24 years old, so a young running back. Of course, suffered that Achilles injury. 
He's a restricted free agent after this year. Somebody's got to tell him that he suffered an Achilles injury because he doesn't seem to care. <laughs> That's true. He keeps keeps producing, right, when he gets the chance. Um, the Jets did not give up a, a whole bunch for him. It's it's kind of convoluted. It's the higher of a couple of picks, uh, sixth round, maybe I think it's basically round. it's a fifth. I think it's best because he would have to really like get hurt or be terrible, and I don't think he's going to be terrible. So for, for him to not hit the, the yardage numbers. So I basically think it's a fifth. So that's still higher than where he was selected. Yeah. <laughs> the tongue's in my cheek because right. he was an underdrafted free agent. Um, no, so it, he's it, increased uh, his value. Arguably, it's a win for Jacksonville. It's also, I think, a win for New York because um, they needed something and they needed something bigger than Michael Carter. So. I think that that's um, it's a nice short-term thing. Um, he's a restricted free agent after this year. They can match offers if they want, depending on, on how Brees' health is coming back, right? So I could see them offering him something. Um, I could see them letting letting him walk, too. It's, they didn't pay that much for him. So, uh, And I, I'm, I'm guessing that's what they'll do. Like he doesn't really have a long term future in New York, as far as I can see. I think it depends. They might wait and see if he, if someone, they might tender him and, and wait and see if somebody um, makes him an offer, and and I can see that happening as well. But just because of the injury thing with Brees, but they they do have a Plan B, but they didn't feel comfortable enough with the Plan B just to just to, to ride with in Carter. Michael Carter. Yeah. So, um, I guess I would say I think that this helps Robinson. I think Etienne was going to basically eat into his stuff anyway and uh so at least i think he has the opportunity to show in new york that he can be yeah. an every down carrier this year is it yep. be an audition for somebody else maybe next year so i i'm if i'm a, a robinson um owner manager if i own a team with robinson on it i'm probably a little happy about it yeah. it's probably not going to make a huge difference this year but i think i think it could He's still young enough to land on another team. Or I don't yeah. really want him if I am a manager that and, has Robinson. I don't want him to stay in New York. Well, and I would say is if, if he really starts producing a lot, then I, I probably flip him at that point in yeah. time. Because if, if you think you can turn that, he still is one of these guys who is, doesn't, I don't think, his next job is likely to be a share time job. And so right now, if he starts producing in a primary role, I I. I would be very surprised if that's what his role is next year on any team. And so if you can get that price for him, then then do it. That's yeah. kind of how I look at it. This is a great thing for ETN, though, don't you think? Oh, yeah. ETN's so, going to blow up. I think, I think and, and he's already kind of shown that. Yep. I, I think it uh, makes him a very high-value player. Yeah. Like, um, maybe I, I didn't I haven't done the math, but like I'm thinking top six or seven yeah. Overall, like there's not a whole lot of backs that I would rather have than Etienne. And one of the reasons is because they're he's getting the ball even because he can catch, he's gonna get the ball all the time. He's great he's game script proof. He's game script proof. It's it reminds me a little bit of Le'Veon Bell, who if you if they're ahead, he's getting you, you know, 25 carries, and if they're behind, he's getting you a bunch of receptions for, you know, 80 yards receiving, or Brian Westbrook, or these guys that can that can do the whole thing, and, the, and he can. So I he's a guy that 
I, you know, I don't know if you can still get him, but he's a guy that I would want. And if I had him, I would want to keep him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I don't see the trade having a significant impact on anybody in the Jets. They're, um, so if we're I talking mean, about Carter that. probably. But Carter wasn't really anything anyway. I was his, just thinking. His value had, had a, already been eaten you, up by. You had a little window maybe when Hall went down, and that window is now closed. If, yeah. If you wanted to move him. Um, I think, yeah, I don't think it has an effect on Brees Hall. I don't know. Um, yeah, passing game, I don't think it affects anything significant there either. All right, let's move on to Kadarius Tony. We talked about him a little bit last episode I, with I Dr. Westgard. Like this episode is all of your players that you've acquired, by the way. <laughs> We're not, not quite, but a lot of them. I do have Robinson and Tony. So, and I have ETN in uh, in a redraft league, so I'm really happy I about that. I think there's other ones too. Well, we'll, we'll see. I'll I'll Terrace I'll, Marshall, you drafted him. I did. Yep. Anyway, um okay. So Kadarius Tony, uh he's signed through 2024 pretty inexpensively, still on his rookie deal, has a fifth-year option as a first-round pick in the NFL. 23 and a half years old, so a lifetime in front of him in the NFL, if he can ever see the field. He was traded for a 23-third and a 23-sixth to the Chiefs from the Giants. Which is a decent haul for a player that they weren't playing or who wasn't playing for them, whether it was him not playing or the staff not wanting to play him. It is. I mean, a third-round pick significant. Right, and and – it's it's definitely less than they paid for him for sure, but um, but uh, but it could have been worse. Which I mean, we when we think about the reasons this trade happened. I in the back of my mind, I had been he- hearing rumors that Tony was actually healthy enough to start practicing and playing, and that the the Giants just were not letting that happen. Um, so it is interesting to me that he's traded to the Chiefs and he's immediately cleared to start practicing with the so team. So do you think that this is – see, there's a couple of these things. Like Matt Ryan is supposedly healthy enough to play and they're just not going to play him no matter what. Um, and that's because they don't want an injured player that they can't cut later on, right? And <clears throat> you've got – sorry, that's why I'm, I'm doing my Bjorn impersonation. <clears throat> um so well, you uh, really are. You can turn your head from the mic. No, I. I told you I was giving a <laughs> oh, you're, impression. You, you did the full impression. Yeah, I did the Got full it. impression. I had to lean into the microphone before I coughed. <laughs> uh so, um, but Robinson, like, something was going on. They didn't play him. He was healthy, and they're like, "Oh, he had knee soreness," and he was just like, "Dude, I'm in the NFL. I have knee soreness every day." Like, mm-hmm. why didn't I play? And and he gets traded afterwards. They were basically planning on making a trade. I think that that's a lot of what was going on. We heard some stuff in the off season about them looking to move Tony, and then Tony essentially just never really got on the field. And I think they were just going to hold on to him until they found a trading partner, like to keep him healthy. Because a lot of times, yeah, because he got passive physical, and mm-hmm. and at, at least so. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say that this is my take. Uh, Matt Waldman um, did a whole thing on Tony where he basically talked about like Tony. If you remember when we watched his his like rookie profile, the video that we watched, like he had a lot of really creative moves to get open, and he would sometimes do like three or four moves. But like, there's a lot of folks that basically take the position that just because you can do that stuff doesn't mean you should do all that. It's a lot of unnecessary movements, and 
And so Waldman's point is like he is getting hurt because he is kind of cutting too sharply and things like that. He's pushing himself unnecessarily. And I don't know, that could be, that that is an explanation uh, that maybe he is not playing in a sustainable way. Um, either way, I think they didn't want him on the team and they didn't want to take the chance that he'd get hurt and then they couldn't do anything with him. So I think that that's what's going on. Sure, that could be. Well, either way, I think this is exactly what Tony needed. I mean, he just needed, I don't think Brian Dable's staff liked him. I don't think they, he wasn't one of their picks. I don't think that they, I think they were keeping him off the field. He wasn't good enough. He wasn't smart enough. Yeah. And Brian Dable did not like him. I don't think so. Yeah. So this is a breath of fresh air that Tony needed in Kansas City. Um, he could, I think his ceiling is, you know, the next Tyreek Hill. I'm doing air quotes you better be, right you now. Better, I, I'm seeing that. <laughs> so what you're saying he is is that he is the next Tyreek Hill. That's what I heard, right? Yep, it's it's on tape. You it's can tape. pull that off tape. Um, no, I mean, you know that he, the hope for him is that he fills that role. He could also end up being, you know, Mecole Hardman, who's actually shown some life this season, but was also supposed to be. Well, if Tyreek Hill that can't come back, uh, he was going to take that spot and hasn't really done much with it. And that's kind of that could happen with Tony too. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a great, great move for Tony. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes we see these things like, oh, Josh Gordon is signing with the Chiefs. He's going to be amazing. Remember Josh Gordon? And then nothing, right? So, like, you can't say that that's what's going to happen. But I liked him. I liked him coming in. And I, I, I think he is a superior athlete. And with proper coaching, with a staff that wants him, I think – they can take a, play, a a rough player like that with some some incredible speed and and just really can can move has a lot of good, really good lateral movements and has enough size to be successful in the NFL that he could be he's the only person on this roster that I think of as could be like a lights out um fantasy producer um I'm not Sold on it. I will tell you that my take on it, moving on from him specifically, yeah. uh, I read this as the Chiefs are disappointed in the development of Sky Moore. Hmm. Um, because he's basically the same player in a lot of ways. He's got a lot of similarities between him and Sky, who's looked lost, has fumbled, I think, two punts already. Um, and I, I think that this is going to be one of those guys where all the analytics folks are like sky more sky more sky more and then and they hated tony right cuz he was uh, you know played in the senior bowl heaven forbid you play in the senior bowl and and there's other reasons but um and honestly like i didn't like sky more that much i didn't hate him he's not he's looking like somebody who's make, trying to make the jump from the mac to the nfl and that doesn't always it, it rarely works out it can but it rarely works out and uh, I think, I think Tony has. I see it as the Chiefs had one. They saw what they had, and they said we need to give up a third rounder <laughs> for for to, for somebody else. I, I I'm trying to think what the opposite of a, a victory lap would be. Um, but I feel like it's 
expectations on these rookies have maybe gotten a little too high. I mean, this we're eight, eight games into a rookie season for Sky. I I mean, maybe that's how NFL teams operate now, where they're like, "Yep, this this guy isn't what we thought he was." I think when you want to win now, I think. They didn't have a playmaker that was going to help help them win now. Well, that is. I don't the think thing. they're giving up on Skymore. I wouldn't. I, they, they didn't. They, they trade could. Him. They didn't trade him. They they're still on him. roster. They, still, they could be giving up on him. Yeah. Or they could just be like, he's not ready now. There's no way to read this to come to one conclusion or the other. But at least, but I, I tend to think that if you have a, the preference of the coaching staff in the present, that it doesn't mean you will in the future, but it's an indicator. So I'd rather be Tony than Sky Moore right now if I was looking for playing time. They've they've played a similar number of games. Yep. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that that's the only thing. Like we haven't re- we've seen a beautiful game or two out of Kadarius Tony and that's basically all he has on Sky Moore. And mm-hmm. and the reputation of being injury prone. And, deserved or not. And the lack of fumbling. And the the lack of the fact of being with that coaching staff and having them say, let's give me, bring another player in. I mean, those are m- multiple reasons why I'd rather be sure. Sky Moore. But Tony's, ra- rather be Tony than Sky Moore. Tony just got – his team got just got rid of him. They did. Yeah, which could be – But that's not his team that he's playing for now. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, I'm, true. look, they're both – there's question marks about, about them both. We don't need to settle this right now. I'm not saying – Sell yeah, your yeah. sky more for Kadarius Tony. I'm just saying, I think that that's a, a, an issue for me. Sky is at his limit. <laughs> uh, was, was that whole thing a setup for it that was. line? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. um, and then I don't see really any significant impact on the Giants with this trade. I think, um, I guess it's kind of an endorsement of Wandale Robinson, but I'm not buying Wandale Robinson. I am selling. I might be like, "Hey, oh, they're they're great. You should trade for Wendell Robinson because he reminds me a little bit of Rondell Moore, but you, without you the power." You should trade him away. You you're you're trying to convince people I, to yeah, buy. Him. If, yeah, if if people think that there's a bump for Wendell, then I would capitalize on that bump. Yeah, and I, sell I don't him. I don't see a significant future for him. I think, uh, yeah, I I agree with you on that one, Sean. All right, moving on. Our favorite trade. I think, well, interesting to us here in Minnesota, TJ Hawkinson got traded to the Vikings today. He is only 25 years old. He signed through 2023. Vikings gave up a 23 fourth and a conditional fourth rounder in 2024. Uh, and they got Hawkinson. Um, well, yeah, no, no. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I, the, I no, said. You read this. Can I try it? <laughs> okay. So. So the Hawkinson went to the Vikings. You hmm? got that part right. Hmm? <laughs> Along with a 23 fourth and a 24 conditional fourth. Oh, the Vikings got all that stuff. Yes. Okay. And they gave up a 23 second and a 24 third. Okay. So they essentially moved down in two consecutive drafts and got Hawkinson. So it's not bad. Yeah. The reason for this trade, in my opinion, you've got your rationale, which mm-hmm. is right. Well, Irv Smith got hurt again. Yeah. So high ankle sprain right. diagnosed today. And that's the reason why you would have most people put on paper. 
my reasoning, or I think it's because the lion's got a lion, right? <laughs> like, like haters gonna hate. Yeah, lions gonna lion, which means, you know, they they have logic. Like, well, Hawkinson's not in our future plans, which is another way of describing winning in Detroit. <laughs> not not in the future plans. <laughs> right. Um. So sorry, sorry, Johnny. Here's um. So here's the thing. Basically, what they're saying is they didn't want to pay him the money that he was going to demand, right? Um, they had, The fifth-year option was like almost $10 bucks. They were going to have to pay him. And they didn't want to do that. And I guess my my analysis is like this is um, like if you have a star player, you have to play your star player. It's The downside of having a star player is is you have to pay them. The upside is you have a star player. So – You'd rather have the problem of having to pay the player than to not have the star. The Lions are choosing to not have the star. I don't get it. They're like the Minnesota Twins of football. Like, this is what the Twins do. Yeah. Unless yeah. unless the player is from St. Paul, Minnesota, and then you have to sign him. For 10 years for $500 right. billion. Talk, dollars. Talking about Joe Maurer. Like, that's that's the one guy I can remember them opening the wallet for in recent They paid memory. Kirby. You oh. go back. You go back to the to the eighties and the nineties. Yeah. They paid Kirby. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, but Kirby is special. Anyway, he was. So I can see. For me, I don't know what you think about this deal for Hawkinson, like fantasy wise. I can see the argument that this could hurt Hawkinson um, because he's capped. There's no way he's the number one passing option in Minnesota, right? I don't think he was in Detroit either, though. Well, he, I'm not saying he was or he wasn't. I would agree that he wasn't. But could he be? Maybe. It was within the range of options. It is not within the range of options in Minnesota. But I also think, my my thought is, his floor is the number two option in the passing game in Minnesota. Uh, whereas in, in Detroit, it could, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, you got Jamison Williams, you've got Swift. And, and I basically, uh, who I, I see... So I like the move for Hawkinson. If I if I have Hawkinson, if I'm rostering Hawkinson, there's some uncertainty in the short term, but in the long term, I'm happy about this move. His floor has been raised. I think his floor has been raised. I it, the the big question mark is is I don't I can't think of a situation where Kirk has really ever featured a tight end. Um, I mean the only the only upside there probably is that he's a better quarterback, I would say in general than Goff. Sure. So maybe you know if if that's where the play should go, he's probably going to see the ball. Yeah. You know, if that's it, what the coverage allows or whatever. Right. So I I don't see it as a dramatic impact either way. I do think it's an another step in the decline for Adam Thielen. Yeah. Um. No, no effect on Jefferson. I think it probably stunts the emergence of KJ Osborne, who is a player that I like and I think you like, but I don't know if he's ever going to be a fantasy thing. Yeah. Um, I do think it's going to help the run game, though. I think the Vikings run game is going to get even better um, because there's just going to be so much play-action opportunity um, with that tight end there, and I think that that was a major thing that was missing with Irv because Irv is basically just kind of a a short receiver. He wasn't actually a good tight end in terms of, of, of blocking and, and all that. I just think that Hawkinson's got more to that, his game in that regard. So I'd like it for the Vikings run game. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like this for Hawkinson as well. I think he really wasn't 
producing in Detroit this year. He's he's been he had that one game, man. That one game he did week four. He's man, been okay, he crazy. Yeah, he's had a, he's had a couple of decent weeks this yeah. season. Otherwise, honestly, you were pretty disappointed if you had him in your lineup. I think that's true. So I feel like this is again maybe a breath of fresh air for Hawkinson this year. Um, I, I, I like it for Amon Ross St. Brown um, because yeah. he's been. I think we we talked about this before. He's been his production has been partially related to the absence of guys like Hawkinson and Swift, and I think Hawkinson's a, a decent part of it. So um, they don't have like if you look at who they're going to be playing at tight end now, they're basically they're the 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 random collection of tight ends that you're like I've never heard of that player, right? Yeah. Um, and I think so. I like it for him. I like it for Jamison Williams when he comes back in like a month or whenever it's going to be like, I do think that there's going to be room in the passing game for him now. Um, and I also flip side is I actually, I don't love it for the run game in, I don't love it for Swift. I don't love it for Swift. Although like when those short range targets leave town, running backs are often the ones who do benefit. I do like it for that. I guess I should be, I should clarify that I don't love it for the actual running. The actual of the rushing. Yeah, okay. I don't love it. So, so for that reason, um, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge. I guess DeAndre Swift isn't going to suddenly stop being good at football. I just think it's a thing that I think will make him a little less efficient. Gotcha on the ground. On the ground, but yeah. but might pick up a little more work in the passing game. Yeah, maybe not less for Jamal, but yeah. Right. All right, Chase Claypool traded to the Bears today. There's a lot of trades this year. I, feel I like was it. just like the off season this year was so like fun. We're, we're halfway or more done with this, and these are still some pretty big names. Yes, it, this has been such a fun season for fantasy in the NFL. Yeah, I, I just agree. it's just been a blast. So Claypool went to the uh, Bears for a 23 second. So a pretty pretty good pick there. And that's basically what he went for. Although, um, you know. Pittsburgh got a couple years out of Claypool first, so the Bears are paying a premium. They are because they're getting they're spending. It'd be like if you draft a, a player in our league with a high second, and then you use them for two or three years, and then trade them again for a high second. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's you're just you're just keeping keeping moving it right. You keep that's what Farhan it. does all the time, that's, right? Yep, you churn, churn, churn and burn. That was, was th- churn and burn. Was. I think uh, you mentioned Johnny. I think that was I a Johnny, Johnny term a couple sure. couple years ago. Yeah, should go uh, to Johnny. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think uh, for Claypool, I I like this. He was kind of stuck behind some other players in in Pittsburgh. I mean, he still was getting some volume there, but um, but not. He just wasn't. He wasn't really a contributor to their offense. So no. I feel like he's got a chance to be a contributor in He Chicago. basically got replaced by Pickens. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just I'm just going to say he got moved because basically they drafted somebody who was better at every single thing that he did yep. than he was. And, and he's younger. And he's younger. And, you know, so they didn't need Claypool, and they are able to recapture some a draft pick for him. So that's... You know, yeah, and they spent they spent a second on Pickens, right? So they just basically got the same thing that they just acquired, and it just got an upgrade. So it was a great move for, for Pittsburgh. I think so too. I I mean, I think I actually have the stat here that I just mentioned. He's been getting about six targets a game, but he has three hundred yards and one touchdown to show for it. Yeah, through this 
to this point in the season. So, so you do you how do you, how do you like it for Claypool himself? Like, do you do you think he's going to go to a situation where I mean, Chicago had we've talked about how terrible their passing game is. Do you like it for him? I do. I mean, his his freshman season, his first season in the NFL. If you remember, I think he had eleven touchdowns. He was in the double. Did he have eleven touchdowns? I, I, I want to say it was. Like, I'm almost. It was a I'm large number. Ninety nine percent sure it was double digits at least. You can you can look it. Up. I'm gonna look it up while you're talking. Well, and that was with uh, Rothless Rothless. And before you do that, I'm gonna say that I believe the number was eight. Okay, eight, and I'm gonna stick with eleven. Um, and I'm going to bet on you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying what, what I recall is eight, but I'm not betting on me. Got I'm it. Still, I don't trust that number. So uh, Roethlisberger was chucking the rock still in in his first season and throwing it downfield, and Claypool was coming down with these balls. Uh, so I, I think that is when we've seen Claypool be good for fantasy is when he was getting these deep throws. So moving to Chicago... Uh, Fields is actually a pretty good deep ball thrower. He's a really good deep ball thrower. And yeah. so I, I like he him. He hasn't going... really been able to blossom into that because of all the other disastrous problems in that offense. Right. And honestly, like he himself is part of that problem. Like he's not. Uh, but yeah. That, so I like Claypool going with Fields. And just uh, Fields is actually doing better lately. Because I think Chicago is finally starting to build that offense around what he's good at. By the way, you were totally wrong. Ten he, touchdowns. Nine receiving touchdowns. But he had a rushing or two rushing. <laughs> two rushing touchdowns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was only I thought we were talking about receiving, so so you were actually closer was, yeah, in yeah. receiving touchdowns. No, I mean I'll give it to you. I told you I was betting on you. Yes. So I'm I'm right on that. See? I, I can always be right. You if can. I bet on you. Then I can be right. Oh, I see. Not right either way. That's brilliant. That way you can't be wrong. <laughs> that's how I structure things. That's, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what do you what do you think? How how does this play for Clay? I think he's you? he's escaping a low volume situation where he was basically better, not as good as as the other players. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily a great fit for Fields because I think what the situation his first year was uh, a bubble. So I think it was a bubble. Like he wasn't getting, he wasn't beating guys and 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 getting wide open. Like it was a lot of like, chuck it up by Ben, and he was coming down with con- contested catches, and it was working for him. I just don't know how sustainable it was because I didn't see him as getting a ton of separation. Um, but now but his you- current situation is he's still like he's not a great lateral mover, and so. His his a dots down. His separation is poor. Um, he's not getting he, in the current offense. You know, meaning Pittsburgh, he wasn't getting that the deep throws when targeted. They, they basically started playing him out of the slot almost exclusively, which should you'd think would help him big slot receiver. But he's still basically quarterback rating when he was targeted was only like sixty four, so not great. Um, I don't know that that's what Justin Fields needs. I think Justin Fields could use a guy like maybe like a receiver he threw to in college, like Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson, some of these guys that can actually gain a lot of separation. Mm-hmm. So I I think about it in terms of Claypool. Yes, it's better for Claypool because he's escaping a bad situation and maybe there's a thing. But I also don't 
I'm not all that excited about Claypool either. I think it helps Fields because at least Fields now has two legitimate NFL wide receivers on roster. Right. It was before he only had one. Um, but I also, talking about Equinemius, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not talking about Equinemius. Uh, I just basically that's kind of stink to be Equinemius, by the way, with Amon Ra coming in and and like outproducing you. I mean, every single time you got siblings doing anything, there's always one that's just better than the other one, right? So right. You, you just get used to it, right? It's maybe been that way their whole lives. Yeah. I mean, imagine being your brothers and just like that's you true. you came in and all of a sudden it's like... That's why Tom, has to, he has to tear me down when he gets the chance. Yeah, it's because he knows he's been supplanted <laughs> in the lineup of your parents' favorite children. Um. So uh, I see this as a good thing for Mooney, actually, because I think he, the pressure isn't all on him. So I think, I mean, and me saying that Pickens is a better at everything than Claypool doesn't mean that Claypool can't do things and be successful. So I th I do think it is an improvement for Fields. Um, Fields at this point in his career is a decent fantasy asset because he can run. Yep. And like, and that's what we've seen over the last few weeks is that he is showing that part of his game. It's going to take him a while. Jalen Hurts wasn't a good passer at first either. Um, Josh Allen wasn't a good passer. I mean, sometimes you you have to start with something where you can be successful, and that's right. what he's doing right now. Um, and for Pittsburgh, I think this is uh, George Pickens is through the moon right now. He probably was heading there anyway, but I do think that that is now there's like even in that kind of anemic passing offense that they have there that he, he can't help but be somewhat productive so i do like that for him yep um and i also think that it um helps Deontay and and Fryermuth as well yeah because claypool still was getting those six six targets he was still getting the six targets a game and i think that they're, they're going to get spread around and and uh and the names that i've given you are the ones that are going to benefit there's not other people that are going to suddenly emerge. It's just those guys. Yep. All right. Chase Edmonds, we probably don't have to talk about him real long <laughs> because he was probably the throw in on the he Bradley was the Chubb in. Yeah, he trade. Was, he was throwing in, that, throwing in that trade. Yep. Uh, Dolphins were looking for a defensive player, an edge rusher, Bradley Chubb. And uh, so the Dolphins ended up throwing in Edmonds. Uh, Along with, with a first and a fourth. Yeah, to to Denver for right. for Chubb. So, uh, and and there was a twenty five uh, fifth, fifth thrown back fifth that, in there. Yeah. yeah. So basically, um, what do you think in terms of him, Edmonds? Do you think he's got? Does it help him? He's 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 he's, uh, he's signed through the end of next year, but the team has an, has the option, so they can they can get rid of him. Basically. Yeah, I'm not excited. I mean, Edmonds is. He'll be 27 next season anyway. I mean, he's he's just backing somebody else up. They were they were replacing. Uh, well, Javante went down. Javante went down. You have Latavius Murray there. Melvin, Mike Boone. They're, they're replacing Mike Boone. Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's you're probably, saying you think he, you're thinking he's basically still third on the depth chart in Denver. I think so. I don't see him coming in and replacing Murray. See, I kind of. I'm not in love with Gordon or Murray, and I do think that Edmonds is more explosive. So I, I, for me, there's a range of options that includes Chase Edmonds 
just doing better in Denver than he was doing in Miami. Okay. I, I don't. I wouldn't bet wouldn't, on it. Yeah, I wouldn't predict that. No, but it's it's within the range of options. I felt like we had already Miami was already kind of done with him. So I guess I see this as a, I'd rather roll the dice. Sure. And so I would be like, okay, maybe he's got a chance now. And I think that that's if I if I've got him on my roster, I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath and hoping. The but. only the only reason I don't like it for him, he's he was behind Mostert, who's brittle. Yeah. Like so, I. I would expect Mostert will get hurt at some point this season, and then he becomes the running back there. So that's the only reason I, if he actually is like the Mike Boone of this group, that's why I, yeah, who cares, I don't right? really like it for him. But yeah, I don't really, I don't really care too much either way. Right, and I, and I feel like for salary cap, we kind of have to talk about this in, in, with one of these other players that we're going to talk about later, which is because Miami went and got Jeff Wilson for a fifth rounder, and I guess maybe we'll just skip ahead on that like sure but i did want to use this line okay because uh the the effects on the departing team if you know the effects Mm -hmm. on miami i said it it really doesn't matter because edmund's soul left the team after week three because because edmund's has 41 yards rushing i said i've have almost as many rushing yards as edmund's uh since week three which is 41 yards and I have the exact same number of touchdowns as he has the, since week three in Miami, which is zero. So, so you're saying that we really should just sign Tim Kennedy. That's right. Or, or at least trade some NFL picks for me. Right. His <laughs> All right. soul. His soul. That sounds like almost spiritual. Anyway. I think um, I was in a Halloween yeah, mood. It, uh, yeah. Most are taking his job. So. Did you transition us to Calvin Ridley? No, I was trying to transition transition to Jeff Wilson. Oh, okay, let's because, talk about because Jeff because they basically, I mean, as soon as the CMC trade happened, Jeff Wilson was dead. Not literally, but like fantasy value gone. Now he comes back, and now he's a he's doing something which he's familiar with doing, which is backing up Raheem Mostert. But as you pointed out. Raheem Mostert doesn't stay healthy all the time. Jeff Wilson has gotten opportunities, and when he's gotten those opportunities, he's been successful. It's the same offensive structure. There's reason to think. So now Jeff Wilson is back, being the thing that you thought Jeff Jeff Wilson was at the beginning of the year, which is a backup running back with some upside. And backing up Mostert again. Well, that was last year, yeah. But because this year, remember, he because he was backing up Elijah Mitchell, right? So, but but now he's in back in Miami, right? Which is where he was last year. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. Yes, he. You oh, going, going into the season, point. you thought he was going to be a backup. You didn't think he was going to be the starter. You thought, you, yeah. presumably, you should have thought that Elijah Mitchell was going to be the starter there, and, you, and Wilson would be the backup. And yes. that's what you've got. So you, you, had, you had a few weeks where the yes. sun was shining on you, and yeah. you got, so that's all it was. If you're if you're banking on Wilson. Like, you know, let's say Justin Bodie was banking on Wilson this offseason. He's like, oh, I'm going to keep Jeff Wilson. Like, that was just insane. It actually worked out for a little while. It worked out for me in the Scott Fishbowl as well. (laughs) There you go. Wilson was my 22nd round pick. There you go. He was my last pick. But that's exactly the kind of thing that he should have been, right? Yeah. But if he was your 22nd round pick, you weren't banking on him. I was was not. Nobody was. something you were hoping for. Well, except for Justin Bodie. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the bottom line is, is... And by the way, yeah. I was just saying Mostert and Wilson are reunited. They are. Reunited and it feels so good. Okay. Yeah, yeah there you go. Okay. I stopped because... <laughs> because, because you have sense. Well, it's, 
It was funnier just sense. to listen to you. And you actually you have a better, nicer voice than I do. Anyway, um, so we've already spent more time talking about Jeff Wilson than is probably necessary. Uh, I don't see it as having any, any effect in any way, shape, or form for anybody, including himself. I guess I'd rather have him be rather second him string than... in Miami than third string in San Francisco, which is what he was looking at. Sure. I agree with that. Yeah. He's just, he's the guy he's now backing up is more fragile. So I think that's probably better yeah, for him. That's positive. kind of the... That's about the only thing we take. All right. So let's talk about a more exciting player, maybe in Calvin Ridley. I think so. Let's, he's signed through 2024. And this is a guy that you have as well. Remember we talked about I players? I do. Ago? This yep, is this, another Tim Candy player. This is another player on my team. Uh, he is almost 28 years old, so he's getting up there a little bit. And he signed through 2024 because he was suspended this year, because so he doesn't get that year. Oh, I see. Got so it. that was, yeah. Uh, he went to Jacksonville for a conditional pick. It's based on his production. Whether he's rostered, is a whole bunch of different things. <clears throat> and it's, what's interesting is the range is from a second-round pick to like, and a fifth to like just a sixth-round pick. Wow. So there's That's a huge, huge range. huge range of outcomes, right? So yeah. uh, they trade him, I think, because they were he didn't fit into Arthur Smith's offense, who he wants big receivers, um, and he was kind of a headache. I mean, everybody was being very supportive of his mental health needs until they figured out that he was gambling. Um, I, I'm not trying to pass judgment on any of it, other than to say they apparently weren't that supportive because they just they just moved on from him sure um so i don't know i mean to me uh what do you what do you see this as how are you looking at calvin ridley well so my i i like it in the sense that i mean i don't like what i see happening with kyle pitts and drake london right now i think they'll be fine uh but there's something that's not clicking in that well, offense i think that's they got, they got to get a Quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah. I mean, Mariota. Mariota's fine, but yeah. it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, and Ridley is not a young guy. Like we, he can't wait around for them to figure that out in uh, in Atlanta. Now he moves to play with Lawrence. Is he's that, still figuring it out. He's still figuring it out. So I, I don't love where he landed, but I don't mind that he moved on from Atlanta. My question is, I think Ridley just showed some poor judgment in this bet that he made. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like that other than, yes, he's not played football for a year and that could impact how he performs on the field, but I'm not concerned about his talent or skill that he will be able to get out there and get back up yeah, to speed. He can, he can, he'll be able to get open because he's always been able to get open. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he, I, 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 I'm not concerned. He's a guy I'm going to hang on to and I feel good about. I don't know. What do you think? So for me, it really comes down to what am I comparing him to, his situation? Because I don't like the fit in Jacksonville. Um, Be- just because of Lawrence? or the Yeah, because Lawrence isn't very accurate or precise. Mm-hmm. And I think that the whole thing about Calvin Ridley, he's a small guy, and uh, basically... He's going to get open on time, and the ball needs to be there. And I just haven't seen that out out of Trevor Lawrence. So I'm concerned that his situation isn't a great fit. Um, And he's going into a situation where 
Kirk has been not totally consistent. He's obviously he had a decent start, but then he's still been somewhat productive. Um, basically, I, I still I agree with you that I kind of like that he's have it gets a fresh start, but he's going to be returning to the NFL after a year off in a new city with a new quarterback and a new offense that doesn't necessarily suit him. So I, I like it better than him being in Atlanta, but, um, but there are probably other landing spots that I would have liked more than this one. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not the greatest landing spot. Um, as far as the rest of the team goes, the way this deal is structured is like I think Ridley has to prove himself. Like the team doesn't have to if he doesn't if he fails, the team doesn't give him have to give him uh, give up very much. Um that's a great deal for Jacksonville. Right. Cuz cuz all the risk is on on Atlanta, right? Right. Um so for me it's is Calvin Ridley ready to ball out. If he is, it will cost a lot more. But then he's performing. So I guess Jacksonville has the best of all worlds yeah. there. Um, I think, uh, so I like it overall. I, I that Jacksonville needed another legitimate receiver on that team. They, they got, you know, guys like Marvin Jones who are old, you know. Don't, don't they have like seven guys named Jones on that team? They have Zay Jones, and there is another Jones. Yeah, deep. I deep. can't remember. Uh, yeah, so... I like that move. I don't know how he fits in with with Kirk because they don't have a big alpha type receiver on that team. I don't think either one of these guys is it. So they might be still need to bring somebody else in. Um, but ultimately, it's it's it, you'd rather have an opportunity than nothing. So I see it as a positive development for for Ridley. But I do think we're it's we're unlikely to see the Calvin Ridley that you saw two or three years ago. Because, uh, be, not because of Ridley, but because of the because of the team. I think he before. I think he was in a situation where he is on a team with Julio and Matt Ryan at the peak of his career, and and he had a lot of. It's kind of a unique spot, sure. and you just don't aren't going to get that right. Um, and I don't know that his talent was good enough that he was going to be. Um, no matter what his situation was going to be a dominant. He's not like a T.O. where you trade him to five different teams and he's their top receiver, right? So I think he required, I think he uniquely fit that situation. Got it. And then he maybe not uniquely suited for yeah. Jacksonville. So, right. I, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to acquire Calvin Ridley right now. Got it. All right. A couple of uh, maybe lower level moves here to finish up this episode. Naheem Hines was traded to the Bills for Zach Moss and a conditional sixth-round pick. Naheem Hines is almost 26 years old. He's signed through 2024 with a team option at the end of this year. I, I'm a little surprised about this move, to be honest with you. I I feel like it, Hines basically said he wanted to go leave, and so they accommodated him, which maybe is a good thing that they should be doing, for, or teams should be doing for their players. Sure. I, for me, it's a weird deal on the Bill's side. Oh. The, the reason, because... Uh, see, I take the opposite opposite position. Okay. Yeah, I don't understand this from the Colts side. Well, I, I there that might be a point there, too. <laughs> <laughs> for you, it doesn't make sense for anybody. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. I like... I get it for the Bill's side. 
for well for me james cook this week i finally i feel like he started it's their first game after the bye they they the, historically teams have worked in their rookie running backs after the bye five carries for like 35 yards, yeah, he was seven yards a carry. I don't think anybody really thought Cook was going to be a big-time ball carrier, but that's pretty good production with his carries. And then he had a 41-yard receiving play. He One target, one catch, 41 right. yards. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what I expected to see out of Cook uh, when he was drafted by the Bills, is right. that kind of big play so why through would the you, air. So why would you then give up almost nothing by the way, mm-hmm. for Naheem Hines? Well, just because I see, feel like, Na- I mean, Naheem Hines is a pass-catching back or has been largely. Like, I just feel like you've crowded this running back room. Well, they got rid of Zach Moss. So what, it is interesting. They got, they got rid of the player who was different than anybody else on roster for a player who is very similar to the the rookie you just drafted on roster. So you wouldn't think it would make a ton of sense, and here's the reason why it makes sense to me, is the Bills want to win now. And Naheem Hines is a good NFL player. He is. And he is a better player than James Cook. And you got to remember, it's not just running and, and receiving, it's also blocking. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think they are just like, we want a guy who is like, they wanted that kind of a player, which is why they kind of surprised everybody and took Cook as early as they did. So I think they had decided they wanted that dynamic running back receiver hybrid, and they just weren't willing to wait for Cook to to be that. Um, because they're going for it. Because they're going for it, and Hines is the guy that can do it right now. Yep. So that's how I understand it from their side of things. Yeah, I don't understand it from Indy because they got oh they've. They've they've got two running backs on roster in in uh, uh, Taylor and Deion Jackson that are are big strong guys maybe okay at least in the passing game but not special in the passing game and they're going to throw in Zach Moss and there's a basically a crappier version of those other two guys <laughs> so they both kind of added to a certain thing that they already had um, the difference is that. I think Zach Moss is a guy that doesn't do a whole lot in the NFL, whereas Naheem Hines has won games for Indianapolis. Like yeah. He's been a productive he player. Is. He's a good player. So I, I like the deal for, for Buffalo. I don't yeah. I, I Fantasy-wise, though, um, I don't like the deal for James Cook because Naheem Hines is signed through 2024. And if they really like him, that just delays when you're going to get a chance to see James Cook. Well, and the Bills are probably good for a while here. Right. And so, yeah, you just they, hang out. They win the Super Bowl this year. You don't think they're going to sign, resign, or sorry, pick up the option or whatever they have. They have basically a team option at the end of the year. Yeah. They're probably going to, they're probably going to keep them around yeah. because they don't have, if they can afford to. Um, and so then now I see this as a significant hit for James Cook, even though I like James Cook. I, I He's probably going to be getting a chance to do what he can do one more year yet. I like it, Sean. You swayed me. Good good analysis there. Let's finish up with Zach Moss. Do we have to? <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have. Third string we, in Buffalo. We, now he's third string in Indy. Doesn't we, that just summarize it a bit? We could just end it. We just talked about Zach Moss. Yeah, I mean. Are we done? I think we're done. <laughs> okay. Basically, I, the, the deal, the, the 
indie side of things for me, the, the more interesting part is that I guess Jonathan Taylor might get a little more pass catching work. You already were counting on him being the, like you weren't debating whether or not he was a good player, even if the team if itself and his production has been a little inconsistent. Like I, I think it just helps him. Possibly. Ellinger has to start throwing yeah. it to the running back. No, I mean, bit. that's that. I mean, if that's going to happen, India is kind of a, a yeah. S show. Yeah. You can say it. If can you I say it? You can. It's a shit show. Okay. <laughs> Just, if you're going to say it, I, say it really I would normally, quietly. I would normally say that. Like, I, if I, I watch my mouth on this simply because I know that I speak very foul-mouthed all the time. And not everybody, that's not everybody's cup of tea. And I also feel bad looking at you with this nice smile on your face. It just feels like I'm kind of sullying up this this holy space. But you do just swear like a sailor around me anytime the mic is not in front That's of you. That's true. Do I? Uh, you can. It depends on who you're with, actually. Do, do I Do I vary? Yeah, if I'm yeah. on Bodhi, I'm going to swear a yeah, lot. you and Bodhi swear a lot. Because he... he I don't know him to not swear. So. I don't think you swear as much around uh, Dr. Westgard. It less so. Yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah. It's probably true. I don't know. He just seems like a decent fellow. Maybe maybe it's maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just about how how much I maybe you can infer that I think more highly of him than I do of Justin. Like you know, which is hurt, painful for me because I I love Justin dearly. I don't, but I, even though he beat me this week. <laughs> <laughs> all right with that we're gonna wrap this episode up uh next week i remember sean i i we dropped that uh halftime adjustments idea at mm. the end of last episode i think yeah we're gonna make is that it halftime is it halftime it's half it's it's the half-time. season is 17 weeks long so what's the halftime eight and a half we're we're right there well but the regular season is probably only 14 weeks right so yeah we're, we're half time half time through the nfl season we're a little late we're presuming everybody here is making the playoffs. Sure, there you go. So, so yeah, we'll be talking some halftime adjustments, uh, perhaps some buy sell at halftime, and yeah. some other information. Ooh, other, yeah, other information. <laughs> I mean, now I'm really excited. Now what? I want to know what that is. I got to wait a whole <laughs> week for your other information. We've got some other little nuggets to drop on. Nuggets? You're gonna, I, you're gonna drop I'm gonna nuggets. Drop nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I can't right. wait. I can't wait for those nuggets to drop. Leave leave your rating and review before my last comments here. Um, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, sign up there on the SteelPod Facebook group. Uh, I'm, I'm at, back, baby. I'm at SteelPod on Twitter. I'm at SteelPod Sean. And uh, we look forward to doing this next week. Until then, bye bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.